Introducing the new City Life Church app. The City Life app enables you to listen to messages from Sundays, browse and keep up with connect groups, stay up to date with church life through our blog section, and much more. Download the City Life app today. Welcome to the City Life podcast. We are all about making Jesus known. We pray that these messages will help equip you to become a follower of Jesus who is empowered to influence and shape culture. Enjoy the message. Hey, well, God bless you. I want you guys to have a seat, grab your uh, notes, get ready to write some things down. Because again, I believe if God's speaking, we want to write down, we want to document what God's saying. Uh, and, and, um, and then the second thing I want you to do is if you have a Bible, get your Bible open to the book of John. John chapter number 10, verse 10, John 10, 10. Hey, it's a new year. Happy new year. I get to tell you now. And uh, it's kind of funny, but you know this. We don't just magically transform at the stroke of midnight into this new person. And, uh, but uh, but then the cool thing about a new year, though, is it's kind of like an opportunity just to wipe the slate clean and say, hey, I have some new opportunity ahead of me. And, and it's, it's a new year is an opportunity to say, and even ask you the question, yourself the question, am I really, am I living? I mean, am I, am I really, really living? So I want to ask you that question. Are you living? I mean, are you really living? You know, somehow popular culture has ripped off some things that I think should be sayings for the church, such as living life to its fullest. Because the truth is, I think that's what followers of Jesus should have as their motto. You know, we should have uh, mottos such, such as this. It's like, let's haul off and have a good time, you know? Why? It's because we're adopted by God. God and the royalty and our condition. I mean, we've literally been forgiven of our sin and our future. We we have eternal life and pleasure forevermore in heaven. We're the ones who's living life to its fullest. I mean, come on. We're the ones who haul off and have a good time. Isn't that right? You see, and we have identity, we have hope, we're not driven by guilt and shame and condemnation, and we we have purpose. And, And because we're followers of Jesus, we actually live on this earth. To make a difference. Do you realize that? Yeah. We don't just take up space. We have purpose. We're not aimlessly meandering through life. It just kind of, well, what happens, happens. You see, that's why we're living life to its fullest. That's why we haul off and have a good time. In fact, every Sunday morning around here, uh, since way back to the beginning of this church, when we would finish our early prayer, in those days it was maybe three or four of us, and which was the whole church, but, but you know, I, I would give this final charge at, at the, to the team, hey, you know, I would always say this, all right, let's haul off and have a good time. But I didn't even realize I was doing it. I mean, it, it, I was, it was just like a saying that was in me, it was kind of like instinct, and, and really that's what I believe, and that's that's just how Tim operates. You see, because around here, what we do is we, we pray, and we really we pray with fervency because we want God to deliver, and we want God to be present and active in this gathering because we know this around here. It's not about Tim's talent. It's not about the music. Or it's not about the atmosphere or the lights. It really, it's not our power. And if we want to see anything good accomplished, anything real or lasting that happens in people's lives, then it's an absolute must that God's Spirit 
be here. And so that's the way I see it. That's the way we live it as a church. And, and so, so what I do, you know, the way we kind of work that out around here is, is behind the scenes I work, you know, to, we, we work to manage the details. In fact, some of us, you know, we even prepare all week long. And then when Sunday morning arrives, we just basically have a few housekeeping items left to do. And then first thing we do, in fact, first thing I do early before anyone else gets here is I meet with the staff that we call on God. And, and we just, again, ask God to be present and active in great measure. And then, because we've done our part already, and because we've asked God to be here, then what we do is we just haul off and have a good time. <laughs> I like it. You see, because the results are in God's hands, and we're not going to be stressing over it. It was funny, because after a couple of years of doing that on Sunday mornings, for some reason, I, you know, one, one day after prayer, I, I guess I didn't say, well, I know I didn't say it, and I was actually called out on it. And, and, and I was asked, like, well, aren't you going to commission us? to haul off and have a good time. And I kind of looked and I, and I was like, what do you mean? They said, well, you say that every week. And that's, I said, I do? I, I say that every week? Yeah. And I was like, well, okay. And so I commissioned them. So ever since then, I've always made sure that I do that. Uh, and and, and I, I, I still do it. I do it intentionally now. So I decided for the first time, I would take those words, which have been kind of in the secret prayer meetings of the church, <laughs> and make it a sermon title. How's that? And, uh, I think it's important to do. Let's haul up and have a good time. Let's start by looking in John chapter 10, verse 10. Uh, this is a scripture I asked you to open up to a minute ago. Hey, you know, I'm going to tell you, John 10, 10 is a scripture worth memorizing. If you memorize scripture, which I encourage you to do, because when you memorize it, it kind of gets into you. It gets into your spirit, you know? See, Jesus was talking to this group of Pharisees. Pharisees were the religious leaders of his day, and these guys didn't like Jesus much at all. Uh, the reason is because more people were following Jesus than them, and they didn't like that. And so Jesus gave this illustration, and, and it caused these religious leaders to get really angry, just totally ticked off with Jesus. And they started saying, well, he must be full of demons from hell and all this kind of stuff. And, and it was kind of a moment of conflict. Uh, but, 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 but the there's this one part of this illustration that Jesus gave that's brilliantly potent. I encourage you to read the whole, the whole story but, but in John 10, but there's this one verse in there that I love because it sets us free to live life, to be full of life and to really live and have hope. See, the religious leaders, they, they weren't there to give hope. What the religious leaders wanted is they wanted people to feel guilty. They wanted people to feel burdened down. They wanted people to feel obligated. And they wanted people to listen to their, you know, 50 steps to obey the rules better sermons, you know? Jesus said, I didn't come to do that. Really, he came to correct the issue and to redirect the focus. And really, we want to take that redirection of focus and not lean into religion, which tends to do those other things, you see? So Jesus said this, I love it. John 10, 10, take a look at it. This is what you should memorize. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, I believe that to be uh, like, like the enemy. But he says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. In other words, Jesus is saying, he's telling the religious leaders in that setting, hey, stop your religious method of serving God, you, you know? And, and really, I think the echo there is for us today. And, and I want to echo what Jesus is saying, and I want to encourage you to live life to its fullest, according to John 10, 10, because Jesus came so that Tim and you, all of us could have life and have it to the full. I want you to relish life. I want you to smile and laugh and make your life count for something. Give your, give your life away. See, your purpose is way far beyond your work. 
your occupation, your job description, far beyond that. See, if your life is only about going to work, coming home, eating, sleeping, watching Netflix, and playing video games, nothing wrong with any of that stuff, but I guarantee if that's the substance of your life, you'll have anxiety and you'll have depression inside. Why? It's because you're living life for you. That's not living life. Let me explain something to you about me as a pastor, and I don't have any trouble saying this because I know the Bible, I know what the scriptures say, because for me as a pastor, as a minister, if all I do is my job, like what I get paid to do, then I'm not actually really serving God. Yeah, Because serving is what you don't get paid to do. Do you hear me? Staff, do you hear me? <laughs> They're like, come on, I'd like to hear some amens from the guys that were I serving is what you don't get paid to do so what i do is i serve god in this church and i volunteer outside this job description i serve god by volunteering in my city back when we were just starting off as a church there wasn't much to manage and so and the reason is because there weren't many people here hardly at all and and i and in leading the church it was kind of like i was leading a grand connect group you know that's really what it was and and that was actually the way that i served god i what i even did is is as we got going i started using my pto for the company that i was working for in vacation time that i've been racking up for a couple years because i just didn't take any and they kept rolling over and and, uh, and I'd use that for my paying job to come here on Fridays. And what I did on Fridays is I launched a Friday group, uh, another connect group, we called it Marketplace Church, for business people downtown. And, and as the church grew, uh, you know, I phased out of my paying job. I also ran out of my PTO at the time, but the church began, began growing. And, and, uh, and then we found we had a lot more to manage and lead. And after a few years, I began to receive a salary. And, and, but, so therefore, my inner satisfaction as a follower of Jesus has to be satisfied by doing more, than, which is over and above of what my job description requires. So that's why I continue to lead connect groups, and I do a lot of other things that lead pastors are not required to do. It's not in my job description, but I'm going to do it. See, I also notice that it's important for me to begin serving God. Hear that word serving? Serving God by serving Fort Worth, by being an influence in our culture. Uh, for me, I was uh, able to be a part of, and God has allowed me to be a part of the mayor's faith leaders cabinet and, and to chair Compassionate Fort Worth, which was appointed by the mayor and by city council, and to be a part of the task force on race and culture. I love my city. And I tell you the truth, and, I want you to, and I'm telling you this so you can see and understand, that in doing that, I'm serving because there's no expectation of a payback. I like it because when I work with the mayor's office, one of the mayor's staff member that works with me said, I love working with you and your group because you guys don't expect anything in return. You don't expect something back. And, and that's what I want, you know? See, I find life in that. And, I, and it makes me just haul off and have a good time because there are no strings attached. It's just doing God's work. It's serving. Hey, guys, I want you to experience the same joy through serving. I want you to haul off and have a good time. Jesus had a brother, and his name was James. How would you like to be Jesus' little brother? Well, he, he had one, but James, I mean, he was a tough character. He was smart, and, and he had some biting words that he said to the followers of Jesus who kind of like listen to sermons and don't do anything with it, and so today I want to read a little excerpt from James. This is James 1.22, but I'm reading it from the message version of the Bible, and James says this. Okay, this is tough. I'll just, just tell you right up front, but this is James. This is Jesus' little brother, all right? He, Jesus is gone. He's 
James doesn't have an eye, so James is, 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 is flexing his muscle. He said, don't fool yourself into thinking you're a listener when you're anything but. You're letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. Five words right in the middle. Say that with me. Act on what you hear. Come on, say it again. Act on what you... Good, good. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in a mirror, walk away, and two minutes later, they have no idea who they are or what they look like. But whoever catches a glimpse of the revealed counsel of God, the free life, even out of the corner of his eye and sticks to it, is no distracted scatterbrain. But a man or a woman of action, look at this next part, it says, that person will find delight and affirmation in the action. You see that? Delight and affirmation happens in the action. Anyone who sets himself up to be religious by talking a good game is self-deceived. That kind of religion is hot air, and it's only hot air. Real religion, James says, the kind that passes muster before God the Father is this, is to reach out to the homeless and the loveless in their plight and guard against corruption from the godless world. Okay, I, I didn't say that, James did. Right? I, I'm the nice guy, James, James said that, but I have to talk about it. I mean, he nailed it. If we let God's word, which is being spoken to us, go in one ear and out the other, then we're messed up. <laughs> um, it's like last week uh, I, I was I was here and it was a you know it's kind of a chilly week and so I was wearing a sweater and I regret wearing one today but but I was wearing this sweater and and my little sweater what do you call it one of those ones that you put on and have the buttons yeah yeah uh, I, I was wearing a card, cardigan and uh, and I love it because this this particular cardigan has has little inside pockets and and I had this little money clip and and I had some cash on it and I usually don't carry it with me but I was like oh yeah and I had some things to do that I need to do with cash and so I dropped it inside that special inside pocket and I and I was walking across the the parking lot and I heard ding and I looked down there was my money my money my money my money clip right there on the parking lot now I could have just left it there for somebody else to get but no I reached down and picked it up and I was like I looked and it's like there's a hole in this cardigan. And I just thought, you know what? The truth is, is that I thought what was going in was going to stay there, but it went right back out. I almost lost it. Don't let this sermon be that way, okay? So let me ask you, do you have a hole in your pocket? <laughs> are you potentially, just ask yourself, I don't know, but are you taking the treasures of God which is the word of God, and letting it slip through a hole to be forever gone? See, we don't come to church to learn 50 ways to obey the rules better and make you feel bad because you missed half of a rule. No, we come to listen to God, to engage with God, be touched by God, and be inspired to be like Jesus, which is a person of action. But, but if we don't take action on what we're hearing, it's like putting money into the money clip and putting it into your holy cardigan. <laughs> Sew up your holy cardigans. Ooh, that's a one-liner, you know? Sew up the holy cardigans. And I don't mean holy like H-O-L-Y, I mean holy like H-O-L-E-Y, which I don't know if that's a word. Spell check told me it's not, but I don't care what they say. You know, don't let God's word go in one ear and out the other without heart impact and action. What did James say? Five important words. It's on the screen. Say it with me. Act on what you hear. Come on, say it again. Act on what you hear. You know, often I think we're 
quite a bit more like you know, we're about thinking than action. Um, we like to contemplate serving than actually serving. And when we feel like we've contemplated a lot, we feel like we've done it. It's like, ah, oh, I feel good. And we wonder then why we get frustrated and angry and full of anxiety and we're not growing. See, because when you act on what you hear, you actually grow because vibrant action, it will produce vibrant growth. And, but isn't that what we want? That's where life is. Act on what you hear because it will transform your life. It'll transform even your self-identity, the way you see yourself. And you'll become a person of vibrant action and passion. See, James made it clear in this passage of Scripture. He said this, religious talk equals self-deception. And we're self-deceived when we talk a lot about making Jesus known, but we never really do anything. See, he made it clear, religious talk actually equals hot air. So self-deception and hot air, tr- honestly, it's not what I want to be known for. Do you? No. <laughs> Recently, a religious critic, and I saw a religious critic uh, just of mine came and unloaded on me, and it was really about what I don't do for the disadvantaged and how what I don't do for the marginalized. So you don't do this and this and this and this. for the, and, and, and I very quickly saw it was hot air. And so, you know, I'd... I'd with a lot of love, yet a lot of firmness, because I don't have trouble being firm. I mean, I just, I just quickly recalled some facts in my mind of, you know, and so of how I've quietly served the disadvantaged and the marginalized over the past couple of months, and that nobody knows about. And and I just said, well, where were you when I? And I just right aside a thing and another. I said, where were you when I was doing this? Where were you when I was doing this? I re- I just said all these things. I said, and nobody even knows about these things except God now and you. See, because not a part of the stuff that's in the pastor's job description. And I actually get the rewards in heaven for the things that I do outside the job description. It's for what I did, it's for how I served, it's how I gave, it's how I sacrificed when nobody was looking. And then <laughs> I asked them, I said, so what have you been doing along those lines? Angry face and I walked away. Now I, I didn't do it to shame the person but to expose hot air. Because I'm telling you what, I don't like self-deception. I don't want to be a person of self-deception. I don't want to be a full of hot air and religious talk, acting like I'm going to go get you because you don't do enough. And I mean, come on. I want to be a person of vibrant action, and I want you to be the same. James made it clear. Real religion is, is really, it's making Jesus known. And, and, and it's practically loving, practically loving the marginalized. And it's not becoming corrupted like what he said. You know, loving people in practical ways, hands-on. I mean, tell the people who are hurting, the people who are stuck, those who have less than you, those who are in a ditch. And Jesus, and Jesus' brother James, he also said that we need to make sure that we don't become corrupted by the world. And I wanted to really understand that. Like, what does that mean? And, and really, it, a good way to describe it is to think about a corrupted file on your computer. I don't know if you've ever had to deal with that, but I have. And when a file becomes corrupted, you can't open it. What, what once had value, that corrupted file, is now useless and it's junk. And the only solution is just to delete it because you might as well say goodbye to it. It has no value. It's corrupted. And godlessness really equals corruption. Godlessness is when we're living for ourselves. We're working our jobs so we can live for the weekend and blow our resources. And I'm telling you what, that's when we become corrupted that's godlessness and i want to point it out to you see we aren't serving god when we're serving ourselves and let's be honest that's why so many people are miserable because the culture says 
do all this stuff to serve yourself and you're going to be happy and it has never worked because God never intended it to be that way. He didn't design us for that. We get stale and angry and depressed and full of anxiety. Why? Because you're not growing. See, but vibrant action produces vibrant growth. I want to grow. You want to grow. So then you need to take some action. Well, where do you start? Well, a good place to start is with your one word. And many of you submitted your one word, and it's up on that banner over there. And, 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 and that's your theme for the year. And I want you to use your word as a catalyst so, so that action will, 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 will result from it, what God put on your heart. And I want you to do that and haul off and have a good time. I mean, live life to its fullest. Serve God. It's time that... Not just listen to God, but act on what you hear. I, I think it's time to stop being ADD when it comes to hearing God's word, you know? Instead, become a man or woman of action. And when you start taking action, when you begin serving, you're going to find life and delight and joy and peace. You're going to find the stuff that you've been craving. James chapter 1, verse 25, James says this. He says, whoever captures a glimpse of the revealed counsel of God, which is God's word to us, which is the free life, <laughs> by the way, and you catch it even out of the corner of your eye and you stick with it with no distracted, you are no distracted scatterbrain, but you are a man or a woman of action. And that person will find delight and affirmation in the action. Guys, that's in the Bible. In other words, God's action-oriented person will be blessed. When you act on what you hear, blessings even come your way. Who in this room says, I don't want any blessing in my life. I have enough, you know. Okay, you see, nobody's hands are raised. Who doesn't want blessing? I mean, God's action-oriented person will be blessed. Vibrant action produces vibrant growth. The happiest people are those who do not live for themselves. The godless culture says living for yourself brings happiness and serenity, but it doesn't. Happiest people are those who give freely. The happiest people are those who are growing. If you want to haul off and have a good time, which is what we're about around here, then give of yourself, and you're going to find yourself growing, and you're going to live life to its fullest, and you will find hope for yourself again. That, that my friend, is serving Jesus. This thing of serving Jesus that a lot of people think, well, it's trying to be good and, and read the Bible and go to church. <laughs> That's not serving Jesus. You understand? It's not. I'm sorry to blow things up in your brain. No, I'm not sorry. I, I meant to blow that up in your brain. <laughs> serving Jesus is different because Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it to the full. So do you want it and do you believe it? Following Jesus and serving Jesus is the best way to live. And right after this message, I'm going to give you some practical handles on exactly how to do it. But right now, I'm going to say, please, no moving. Because I want you to focus internally. And uh, just close your eyes for just a moment before God. Because you might be here today and you've never really surrendered your life completely to Jesus. You possibly have drifted from your relationship with God. And if you want to know the Jesus that we talk about here at City Life, you want a new beginning, then I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond just simply by lifting your hand. And I'll tell you, this is the best way to start your year. Because faith is when you respond outwardly to what's going on on the inside. Knowing this is that Jesus loves you 
more, far more than you can imagine. And he died for you so that you can have life. And everything changes today. So if you'd like to be a part of this closing prayer, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand, surrender your life to Jesus. When I give the count to three, would you just lift your hand if that's what you want to do? One, two, three. Lift your hand so that I can connect my faith with yours. Thank you. Who else? Who else? Thank you. Here's what I want you to do right from your seat, right where you are. I want you, if you lifted your hand along with this entire congregation of believers, to pray these words with me. Come on, I want everybody to pray these. Believers and those who lifted their hands, pray this. I believe. Oh, Jesus, I believe. You're the Son of God. Thank you for dying for my sin. In this new year, on this first Sunday of 2018, I give up my past and I embrace the future that you have for me. Thank you for giving me life and life to the full. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from City Life Church. You can stay connected through Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we look forward to seeing you on Sunday.